Pour yourself a bowl of cereal, grab a seat on the couch, and join us in our Saturday morning pajamas. I'm AJ. And I'm Jax. And we're here to talk about the 1988 cinema classic, Rain Man. Yes, this is a movie which many of us have seen many times as, over the years, TBS, TNT, Spike TV, whatever the hell, would air this movie often. But some of us didn't have cable, and didn't get a chance to see it. So, 29 years later... AJ sees Rain Man. Yes, I got to see Rain Man today. For those of you who have never seen the movie or don't remember or who are doing enough cocaine in the 80s not to remember, because, <laughs> you know, possible. Cocaine. Uh, mm, what? <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> so here's a basic outline of the movie, for those who don't know. So, movie stars Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman. <sighs> it's better. Trust me. It gets better. Uh, this is when Tom Cruise's good days. Um... This was, this was young, boyish Tom Cruise. Not, I'm going to run everywhere, you're being glib, John, Tom Cruise. Oh, look, a mummy. Yes. Um, no. So, Tom Cruise plays a, a dick, um, who, upon, who's been estranged from his father for many years, mm-hmm. learns upon his father's passing, passing they had a brother. He feels that the inheritance wasn't fair, to use his words for the movie, um, and so he embarks on a cross-country road trip with his brother in a bid to try and get part a little bit more of the inheritance. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learn, we love, and I mentioned that his brother is played by Dustin Hoffman as an autistic savant. And if you couldn't tell, this movie was released in December of 1988, which just screams Oscar bait, Oscar, Oscar bait, bait, Oscar bait. bait. So, we're going to get a little bit more into our usual discussion. Uh, Before that, we want to hear a few quick words from some fellow podcasters. So, we're going to go head on over, and AJ and I will be right back. Thing can beat your thing. Are you serious? A toaster can beat a dragon. Toasters can get really hot. Dragons breathe fire. To see how this and other battles end, find My Thing Can Beat Your Thing on iTunes and Google Play. And send your thing sightings to at thing beats thing on Twitter. For MTCBYT News, I'm a news person. Do you like learning things an hour and a half at a time? Of course. I know I do, and I'm not smart enough to read a book. Neither am I. Good thing there's the documentary show to let me know which documentaries I should be watching. Wow. Wait, do they discuss it too? They do. And they get into all kinds of weird stories that are sometimes unrelated completely. So I may not even have to watch the documentary. I could just listen to the show. And if my interest is piqued, then I'll spend an hour and a half. This is going to save me so much time. It will save you time, energy, and money because they'll tell you where you can find it. How would I find the show though? The easiest way is if you have uh, iTunes, you can just search the documentary show, or you can always go to theactualkeith.com, and there's a beautiful website that will easily display uh, all of the episodes for you. That's amazing. Who hosts such such an amazing show? Uh, it's two gentlemen. One, John Oldfield. Two, Keith Bodela. 
the podcasters on the But You're Wrong Network. Wow. Th- wait, those are our names. Well, that's it's you and me. Oh, my God. This is amazing. <laughs> I don't even have to listen since I'm doing the show. I- I'm listening right now. This is going to save me so much time. Thank you, John. You're welcome, Keith. Now, wasn't that special? If you cannot tell, we are back. And now, what movie was it we were discussing? Um, what was the tagline again? A journey through understanding and fellowship. Yeah, trust me, the movie's a lot better than that tagline, but doesn't that scream Oscar bait to you? Told you we were not making this up. No, that doesn't scream Oscar bait to me. That screams a movie trying to sound better than it really is. It screams Simple Jack from the Tropic Thunder movie. Yes, it does. It screams Simple Jack. Those of you who have not seen Tropic Thunder, go watch it. Yes. It is hilarious. It's fantastic. Um, Also with Tom Cruise. Yes. If you have a stick up your ass and you have no sense of humor and you can't tolerate a little bit of non-PCness, leave that one alone. (laughs) Just an offshoot here. Let's see. Robert Downey Jr. is in it. He wears blackface throughout the entire movie. Oh, he wears... Actually, really good blackface through the entire movie. For context, all the main characters are actors, and they're shooting a movie, and things happen. But Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. plays the method actor who has to be in character, and he uses his cast. That's why he's in blackface. Jack Black plays the Eddie Murphy. Um, yeah, basically, fat. Well, no, in the fat suit version. Yeah. So it could also be Martin Lawrence in Big Mama's house. True. Tom Cruise. He actually plays like he's in. He plays, like, some movie... Um, a, he plays a producer. A producer. So, he's actually really funny in this, because he's him really sparingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ben Stiller, his actor... He plays Tom Cruise. Yeah. He plays Tom Cruise, and he was in a movie <laughs> called Simple Jack, uh, about... Um, if you've ever heard the phrase, never go full retard, this is it's where it's from, from that movie. You, you make, make me happy, is the quote. Uh-huh. So... Anyways, because that sounds really insensitive, considering we're talking about Rain Man, which is about the autistic savant mm-hmm. <laughs> and his dick brother. Yes. So let's first get this out of the way. AJ, after seeing this for the first time, what is your overall thought of the movie? It made me cry. It was a good movie. I can play clips from Disney movies and make you cry. So can I. To you. Lion King Mufasa. Uh-huh. Dumbo and his mom. So can you guess which parents each of us doesn't have anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. So, no, I actually really did enjoy the movie. I thought it was a really kind of fantastic piece. But if I have one... <laughs> critique? Critique about the movie. They And I know it's played for the movie, but if I was writing a physical review of this movie and I was writing it down, it would be three full pages of... Dear God, Tom Cruise is a dick. Dear God, Tom Cruise is a dick. Dear God, Tom Cruise is a dick. And just for context, this is not us going off the fact that his recent career the past decade or so has been ups and downs. No. No, this is the character. And Tom Cruise at the time was in a lot of great movies like Risky Business, um, Mm -hmm. The Firm, which came out a few years later. Which, if you didn't know, the whole running thing kind of cemented in The Firm. A movie about lawyers, and it has the most running shots of any movie he's in. I will link to this on the blog post at nonoms.net. Um, there was someone who created a supercut of Tom Cruise running in a bunch of his movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was actually all of his movies going back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the timer, it you, there's a timer at the bottom. And 
we kind of started watching, paying attention, trying to get an idea of which one he ran the most in. Mm-hmm. And like, there's like four on the Fourth of July, and mm-hmm. there is War of the Worlds and Mission Impossible. No, the firm. He's running fucking everywhere. It's mm-hmm. and I don't think AJ. Have you seen the firm? No, I have not seen the firm. That's gonna be that. There's a high chance that is going to be next week, if not next week. It will be within the next month. We're going to be watching that soon. Um, so we'll actually get more context in the writing. Mm-hmm. But I will link to this video in the um, thingy. Um, but blog post. There's, yeah, blog post. Thank you. Nah. <laughs> but there is... Um, Tom Cruise is a dick. Like This came out in the area where Tom Cruise was the fun guy, the serious guy. Mm-hmm. He wasn't that asshole, though. Yeah, he, he played a paramount of an asshole in this movie. He was a selfish, entitled prick. He uses the words... I want what's fair. I deserve this. Um, for example, um, spoilers, by the way, Tom Cruise in the movie, his character, mm-hmm. he, his dad was loaded. Mm-hmm. And Tom Cruise, his dad had a really nice car and Tom Cruise always wanted to drive it. So he's 16, he got all A's and he asked his dad, can I take the car for a spin? No. And Tom Cruise was so mad. He stole the car. Yeah. He basically stole the car from his friends and wished they, they say stole, his dad called the police and reported it stolen. I like to think that his dad either thought, no way my son would steal the car after explicitly, me explicitly telling him no, mm-hmm. or that little shit needs to learn. There's consequences to what happens in life. I think it's more along the lines of that little shit needs to learn, considering that we find out right afterwards that after he, his dad picked up the car from the police, he left him in jail for two days. Yep. And it's like, you know, you're, you purposely stole the car. You need to learn, and... Basically, that was enough for Tom Cruise to leave and just, like, move away. Like, he he ran away from home or something and became whatever in L.A. And his dad lives, like, in a bumfuck nowhere. I mean, Ohio. He, he's a con man. Yeah. It, it's, he, he's not actually a con man. They never say he's a con man. But, essentially, he he does acquisitions. He gets collectibles for rich people and brings them over. So, he's an importer-exporter, which... We both know, in most cases back then, if you said you were an importer-exporter, <clears throat> mob. Yeah, and he's, it's, he's out of L.A. doing this stuff, and, he, okay, here's what he reminds me of. In the episode of South Park, I'm going there, um, I believe it's the one where they have the human fetuses. It's one where, it's one where Kenny dies. Right. Like, Kenny actually dies. Yeah. Um, but Cartman's trying, has, somehow there's, like, a truck that crashed and all these fetuses that were going for medical research. Mm-hmm. So, stem cells were going for medical research. Right. And Cartman's trying to offload them and sell them. And so he's on the phone going, you're breaking my balls, man. You're breaking my balls. Mm-hmm. And he gets better doing that. That's the same kind of attitude Tom Cruise had on the phone in the beginning of the movie when he, we're trying to show characterization here. Yeah. And there's actually someone in the office who's not very good at the slimy part yet. And that reminds me of Butters as they're trying to mimic Tom Cruise and they just weren't as confident. Yeah. So that's kind of the character, but then going back to the story, um, so he ran away from home, and when he ran away from home, he then did not contact his, he, he then like basically became estranged from his father. He cut all contact from his father for years. Um, and it's actually said later, at some point during the movie, he admits that, you know, I'm sure my dad tried to contact me over the years, I was just too much of a prick to return the calls. And, you know, and... But because of all this, even the, all this, he finds out when his dad's passed. Mm-hmm. He goes out for the funeral, but he doesn't actually attend. He kind of stands off to the side like a creeper. Mm-hmm. And then during the will reading, he finds out he gets the car that caused all the tension. And, and the rose bushes. Let's not forget the rose bushes. His dad's prize winning rose bushes. 
And then the dad's estate, minus taxes and fees and all that stuff, mm-hmm. goes to another another source, which we it later found out. Yeah, we later found out it's technically going to his brother, his older brother, which he did not know he had. Mm-hmm. But more technically, it's the trustee is the guy who runs the mental health facility that his brother's been staying at for thirty something years. years. Or so. And I'd like to think that, or my interpretation about that. Mm-hmm. Is that there's probably some funds already set aside for raised care, um, but this extra money from the estate, which by the way is three million dollars in 1988 dollars, for context, they rented a hotel room for twenty dollars. Yeah, it wasn't a good hotel room, but still it was a hotel room. It, it wasn't a hotel room; it was a motel. It was a fifteen minute we charge you. Type no, of no, it's it's what when an old motel is. Okay, so before it became Hooker Central. Yeah, but so it. I'd like to think that $3 million that was going to this um, mental health facility was there to help others who need, like, for uh, resources and build wings. And this was a mental health facility for children or relatives of the rich, mm-hmm. but still it helped to improve their lives. Yes. Um, and that's just because we know nothing else about the father. I'd like to think of that about him. That's my interpretation, at least. Yeah. It could be the dad just really wanted to stick it to his son, Tom Cruise. But at one point, Tom Cruise is then when he's hearing the will going, no, he's my father. I deserve half. It's like no, you abandon the family. You abandon the family. You re- you give you give up the family. You give up your rights. He forfeited all claim. There we go. So of course he does the most logical thing in the world. Kidnaps his brother. Yeah. First he finagles his way into figuring out who his brother is because originally they weren't going to tell they weren't mm-hmm. telling him because you know what it didn't have to be legally named. Yeah. So essentially he kidnaps his brother in order to extort half of the money out of the trustee. And when we say extort. We don't mean oh it could be taken that way. No, we mean he calls up the the guy the guy who's the trustee at the facility and goes I can give my brother back for one point five million. Yeah. So in so many words, yeah. And then Tom and at the same time this is going on, Tom's import export drug ring whatever business mm-hmm. it's having some issues with some Lamborghinis passing EPA inspections. Yep. And so he needs to get back to LA right away. And because of Ray uh, Raymond's um, disability, he basically he's he's used to routine. He's not used to change, mm-hmm. and being in that facility for so long, he's not had the opportunity to experience things and grow. Right. So let's take an airplane. No, we don't take airplanes. Okay, we're gonna take the highway. Highway's dangerous. Mm-hmm. So you get like a back roads, cross country road trip between two brothers that could yep. be. So many other movies have done this as a goofy comedy, a buddy flick, uh, Wild Hogs attempted and failed at you know doing something interesting. Yeah, but this is a serious drama, and they did a really good job. They they went through a lot of towns, and you got a kind of idea where they're at just mm-hmm. by going, "Oh, there's plains. Oh, there's deserts." But there was more about. Well, they were pretty much immediately in uh, Missouri. Yeah, and then like your main stops is you have Missouri, you have Texas. Then you have Vegas, then you have L.A. Mm-hmm. And the main the point of the movie is not about where we're at. It's not about the scenery. Um, and I have someone going, oh, my God, let's give them this for best costume. It's it's about the relationship the two brothers have and about talking and how they grow. So Kevin Smith could have probably done this movie, but there have been a lot more cursing. And a lot more talking. Not that the f- F-bomb didn't get dropped, like, tons of times by Tom Cruise, because yeah. it did. That's... It's rated R. And That's probably how it got the rated R rating. Which is so tame, considering yeah. everything else you put in movies these days, it's not rated R. Yeah, no. Whatever. This did, This movie did not deserve an R rating. Yeah. But then again, it's 
if you put it as a PG-13 movie, I don't think it would have been successful because too many people who are too young to get it and understand the ideas would have seen it and would not have gotten it. Yeah, definitely. What were some scenes that really got to you or you, really memorable for you? Memorable? Uh, you know, there's a, there's a few. I can't really think of what's memorable. Which um, ones stood out to you, thinking back? The ones, that, the ones that stood out to me and really got to me would generally, every time that he freaked out is a scene that stood out to me. And it's, um, and it, for some reason, really hit me hard on a couple of those scenes. Uh, like, and for me, um, like the, uh, hot water, hot water scene, I'm not gonna spoil that if you haven't seen the movie, you know, go see it, and it, definitely go see it, just watch it. Um, I'll just say that. Um, then there's... there's smoke alarm? Uh, smoke alarm didn't get me so much, but then finding out the, um... The whole when he finds out who his brother is, yeah. Well, not like not when he finds out that he's his brother, but I mean, when he finds out it, it's closely connected to the hot water scene, is when he finds out who his brother is in his past, right? Um, for a little context, slight spoiler mm-hmm. Charlie grew up, Charlie Tom Cruise, he grew up not knowing he had a brother, mm-hmm. However, and he early- had a vague memory. He there's a look and you'll miss it, little throwaway couple... I don't want to say throwaway, but I always missed it when I saw it before, where Charlie is talking to his girlfriend about a memory from when he was a child, and, you know, you don't trust... You're, like, less than five years old. You know, your memory's not the strongest. Yeah. And then he finds out some of those memories weren't imaginary. They were they were real, mm-hmm. and he did meet Ray before. Mm-hmm. Now I can go into how, because we're yeah. still trying to keep that less spoilery, but... That space, but that scene just where like all of a sudden it hits you. And yeah. It's really emotional and really well acted. Yeah, and you know, having seen this movie after years of never seeing it, but seeing the millions upon millions of movies that make references to Rain Man, there's a lot of references that were originally referenced as jokes in other movies that now I'm seeing. And it's like, God damn, that is a bad joke, considering where where that came from. Mm-hmm. So, um, I know one joke I ke- I've been making for a while, and it's really bad. Those of you who were children in the '90s may remember there was a movie called Do Do Do. There was a TV show, Animaniacs. Oh yeah. And there was the cat Rita and the dog Runtz. Runtz was the dog, and he was a little bit touched in the head. Um, he wasn't to the level that Rain Man is, but he one of his little quirks. Esen- essentially, the th- the thing was. The voice actor who was doing him was playing him as Dustin Hoffman doing Rain Man. Rain Man. Yeah, at least in the way, for example, one of the thing, one of the ways Runt speaks is he goes definitely, definitely, definitely not a dog, or definitely, definitely this. And yeah, using the word definitely a lot. Um, that was one of the that was one of just the mannerisms of Ray. Oh, interesting because I just looked this up. So in the in the Tick, the superhero sewer urchin is based on Ray. Ray's way of speaking as well. Mm-hmm. I have not seen the text, so I'm gonna go to AJ for how true that is. Yeah, it's just in the cartoon, and it's it, it, it's just your basic definitely that definitely Wapner Wapner and ten definitely definitely yeah kind of stuff. Yeah, one thing I really liked about Ray and uh, Dustin Hoffman's performance is he didn't go over the top, and I did read up a little bit about this. Dustin Hoffman did a lot of research. He met with some people mm-hmm. who were on the autism spectrum. Um, and worked with them, 
and he really cared about the performance. I know one of the trivia I read was that there was a very key scene that he was worried about because mm-hmm. he wasn't sure how to play it and he wanted to be respectful. He wasn't sure what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this was not the scene where he farted in the phone booth. <laughs> but, you know, there was a key scene there and it's like, that shows me he cares about doing a good performance. Mm-hmm. Then he went on to make Hook a few years later, and yeah. We went to it the opposite direction of seriousness. What show he has bounced? Other little tidbits in the movie. Um, there was... <laughs> so, oh, trivia here. So, this was the first score that Hans Zimmer ever did for Hollywood. For Hollywood production, at least. Which is surprising, considering that, you know, it's... Just, he's such a huge name, and I never... I would have thought he would uh, would have started in something smaller back in the day. Mm. Do keep in mind this said Hollywood, so he probably did a few um, lesser known Hollywood things. Hollywood productions, right? A few lesser things, maybe like a TV show or something. Who knows? Maybe. Um, in addition, the soundtrack or the score technically is only twelve minutes long, mm-hmm. so it's not very. It's only scattered throughout. Yeah, and truth be told, any kind of music in this movie is not a score for the most part. It's usually a. Um, it, it's a song. It'll be a song, and these. Most of these songs, I think, actually pay, play key elements to the story yeah. uh, as the brother's relationship grows. Um, that, and then there's, for example, Raymond, in his routine, we watch the People's Court every day at three. So, you know, that the TV. there's a lot of TV in the soundtrack. There's Wheel of Fortune. There's Jeopardy. Things like that mm-hmm. nature. Uh, there was this one comment I made. They're in Vegas, and the score that's playing, hmm. it is so what? 80s, yet... I don't know what it is, but it made me think of the South Park episode where this Christmas South Park Christmas episode with Mr. Oh, Hinky. Oh right, right. When they got rid of Christmas and the kids are all she, dancing. She's thinking of the happy, happy, happy. happy. Everybody's happy. 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 happy, happy, happy. Yeah, it's it was just it's weird, but it fits the '80s, but it's still weird and yeah. Oh, other thing I noticed and I commented on. So we're what? So they're in Vegas. And I'm going. They're trying to show... They're looking outside. I'm like, they're trying to show Vegas is busy. And I'm like, that's our street outside in little po Not po Not Podunk, but next to Podunk Town. Um, that's how busy the street is outside our house in the area we live. Yes. And we we live in the Central California Valley, so... Um, We're not a couple pa- hours from the liberals, and that's where the liberals live to go to work. Mm. But a lot of um, rednecks as well. It's a, with a lot of agriculture around here. Yeah. Uh, plus, I would get really good uh, fruit stands. <laughs> Great Mexican food, too. Oh, Mexican food. Yes. Hey, look, it's 12.46 a.m. Think the 24-hour Mexican restaurant's open? Yes, yes, I do think it is. Mm. Okay, we probably should finish recording and talk more about the movie yeah. first. So, anyway, uh, you go. So then they go on this trip. You know, everyone gets to know each other. They all start growing a little bit here, a little bit there. Even Ray, which it, it's, by, it's only by a small amount. But it's still there, and it's noticeable. Yeah. And then you have um, Tom Cruise's character who, as I said, Tom Cruise's dick. Eventually, he's... Tom Cruise is kind of a dick, but he still still ends up, you know, not being such a dick. He connects with his brother and loves him, maybe? Yeah. Like, I think his arc is super mega dick, not as much of a dick. Oh, you're a very big asshole dick. Ultra mega dick. That's kidnapping. Then, no, he's a little better. Oh, then they spend some time together. Oh, they're getting better. They're getting better. They're getting better. Oh, something bad happened in my business. Now I'm mad at you. Super mega super dick. Yeah. And then we go back, and at the end, he is... Eh, he's, he's not always a dick. Yeah. He's not always... 
it's not that he's never a dick, it's just he's not always one. Yeah. One question I have is, because he had, a, Tom Cruise had a girlfriend through in this, they made her, they hired an actress who was not, who had English as a, whose English wasn't her first language, just so they had an excuse for Tom Cruise to say exposition. Mm-hmm. You know, because why show us and you can just tell us. Yeah. And... Who was that actress? Was that Penelope Cruz? No. No, no. She, she was in a few different things, but she wasn't, um, like, she was in Frida, I think, mm-hmm. the movie. But a lot of her stuff was in Italian, because she's from Italy. Okay. Um, but she, I don't know, it depends, like, when they're showing she came to America and stuff, so I'm not too sure, because she must know a little bit about what Tom Cruise is doing as being a dick, but she still stands by him. Yeah. And then one night she realizes, you are beyond a dick, I'm leaving. But, but then a couple days back. later, she goes back to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whatever happened to the relationship at the end, like, he kind of leaves her and she's like, call me at the end, but... Yeah. It, it's not very important to the plot, since the plot's mainly about Ray and and Charlie, so Tom and, um, Hoffman. Yeah. But, on the other hand, knowing how Tom Cruise's character grew after spending that time with his brother should impact how his relationships are romantically and in general. So, um... Yeah, I agree with that. (laughs) So, um, and so anyway, they go through, and then all of a sudden they end up in Vegas, and everyone, everyone I'm fairly certain is, knows about the references and the fact that he uses Dustin Hoffman to count cards. Because um, his one mistake, his fatal flaw there... He's telling he, him counting cards. He told him that phrase when he was teaching him, like, yep. no, because he's going to admit to it. <laughs> yeah. Which he does, but he do- does it to a hooker, so... Eh. She they, didn't want his money. She said she didn't want his money. Bullshit, she didn't want his money. I was actually thinking for a moment, like, does she work for the casino? That's what I thought, too, at first. But they never show her again, so I don't think she did. Yeah. If if she were, if they wanted you to think she worked for the casino, they would have shown her talking to one of the security guys. Yeah, and they would have bought that up or something later, yeah. I think, at some point, or have explicit proof. But Yeah, so then you go, um, they leave Vegas, get back to L.A., then there's the custody hearing where Tom Cruise is... Loves his brother now, and he's not going to let him go without a fight. But then, you know, essentially, he they make him realize that he is much better off living back in the facility. Oh, what seemed really got me was, um... So the morning of the custody hearing, they're at Charlie's house, and Ray goes to make something in the toaster. Mm-hmm. Toaster's not working right, whatever. For some reason, it starts smoking and sets off the fire alarm. Mm-hmm. Smoke alarm. Smoke alarms are loud. They bug the shit out of me. So for someone who's very sensitive to noises and doesn't have the um, cap- capability to process it. He starts having a freak out and Tom Cruise wakes up and goes to, you know, turn off the smoke alarm, air out the house, see if his brother's okay and take care of all that. Um, it's very... Which leads to a great, um, great out of context. But if you know the trivia and you know the jokes about Tom Cruise, great little comic scene where Tom Cruise runs out of there and tries to jump, jump to reach the ceiling, jump to grab the fire alarm. But it's Tom Cruise. He can't reach that. No. Because <laughs> we're watching us going, wait a minute here. <laughs> so he runs and grabs a broom and knocks it off and breaks it. Yeah. Now, granted, I can't reach the smoke alarm either. Right. But I have at least, he's like, what, five foot four? Yeah, he's shorter than us, and we're not tall. No. So I have, a, I have at least a couple inches on him. Yeah. So, but basically that scene there, I think, let Charlie know... I think that gave uh, was a precursor to Charlie realizing he can't care he can't be there 100 percent of the time for Ray. Yeah. He and you know he can't be there always and he can't when, be a full time caregiver for Ray. And then when they're in the meeting, they're trying to ask, "Hey Ray, what do you want?" And I say, "Okay, do you want to stay with Charlie?" Yeah. Do you want? Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
do you want to go back to the uh, the mental hospital? Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that was his response. And, like, yeah. I take it as when you ask a little kid, and they're just like, if I say something, they'll leave me the hell alone. Yeah. And so he just keeps pressing the issue harder and harder until it kind of starts to upset him, and Charlie China kind of calls him off and says, no, stop. We get your, we get your point. Just yeah. leave him alone. Stop hurting him, basically. Yeah. And there's a few other points throughout the movie where, like, Charlie does really cute, um, really got me. Like, for example... After, within a couple of days, Charlie learned, okay, this is Ray's routine. He has, his bed has to be by the window at the hotel. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to watch this show at this time. Mm-hmm. He needs his cheese doodles, you know, yeah. cheese balls, whatever, you know. So he found his way around that by getting him a portable TV. watchman. Yep, portable TV, which I want to know how many batteries they went through because... Oh, they they had to have gone through so many because Watchmen's drained batteries. I had a Game Gear in the early 90s. It took six AA's. We had a Watchmen when I was a little kid, and this is after they'd been around for years. <laughs> so, and and those things were sucked so hard. Yeah, it's like, oh my god. Going on, different tangent. So, you know what the most unbelievable part about this is for me? Hmm. Right. Now, listen here, children. They drove from Ohio to California... On the back roads without GPS or a cell phone. But they found their way using the Oregon and, Trail. And, and there is no <laughs> point in this movie where they you see them looking at a map. No, no. I, I think I saw Tom Cruise. I think there was a scene where Tom Cruise looks at one. But it might have been like in a montage. Maybe. I don't remember it, though. I, I think there was. like, And they could have been just in that hotel one night and him looking, trying to plan the next day's route. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they were actually actively lost that time. Yeah. Did you learn about anything sucking during this movie? Tom Cruise's girlfriend? Yes. Kmart sucks. Oh, yes. Kmart sucks. Yeah. And I'm like, pretty soon. Yeah, I'm really hoping Kmart didn't pay for that. Yeah. They probably didn't. Well, that reminds me of that bit of trivia. So when they're about to go on the airplanes, mm-hmm. one of Raymond's um, abilities is <laughs> he has really good memory. Like, he reads something and He's got eidetic memory. Yes. So they're trying to go on the airplane, and he's and they're like... Reporting like different airlines, like you know, Delta had this many casualties. This was the last crash, and this was the plane, all that. And supposedly, when these uh, aired during um, as in-flight movies, oddly, this scene was cut out on most airlines. All except for one airline who got mentioned that there's been no crashes. Which, according to IMDb trivia, trivia, so I haven't looked it up outside that, the Qantas airline had no actual jets. That had crashed, crashed at that time. Up to no, up to like 10, 20 years, uh, 10, 15 years later. Yeah. Even that said, there you know they had a couple other ones like biplanes or something like mm-hmm. that. But I don't know. I, I never really heard of the airline outside of the movie. So you've never heard of Qantas outside this movie? No. Okay. I I, I listen to a few po- other podcasts where people do end up traveling to and from Australia. So I have heard the name Qantas before. Yeah. Qantas is mainly an Australian airline. The people on Lost really should have picked that airline instead of Delta. I mean Oceanic. Atlantic? Maybe? It was called Oceanic, the airline. Yeah, I know, but that... It was Delta's colors. It looked like a Delta. Yeah. Delta's colors are fairly common. It's red, white, and silver. Um... I swear swear that'd be my gut reaction during, um, the beginning of Lost, when I saw the plane wreckage. Yeah. Anywho. But, you know, things are important... (laughs) Yeah. So then, you know, so then we go to this, and apparently at the end, there was uh, Dustin, there were two different endings, and Dustin Hoffman really fought for the scene that was aired, right? Right. He wanted Dustin to go back, uh, spoiler, Dustin ends up, uh, he ends up going back to mm-hmm. the facility, because that's who can help him the best, and he mm-hmm. really fought for this. 
And because originally they wanted to have the happy ending where he stays with his brother. Mm-hmm. But really, who's it happy for? Ray's not getting the care he needs that mm-hmm. way. Charlie's whole entire life is now on hold and yep. he can't do anything. And uh, we, me and AJ actually talked about like, what if he had, um, what if Charlie had moved back to Cincinnati, Cincinnati. and been there? I'm like, going, I can kind of see that, mm-hmm. but then like, okay, it depends how well he runs his business, especially away from a major port. Yep. And a lot of people who have the money for those types of things. But then he's going to be moving to Cincinnati, which is another major city. He could easily do his collectibles. Not to that scale, though. No, not to that scale. Because he does... Like at that point in L- Yeah, at that point in L.A., he is serving a fairly niche market, I guess you'd say. Yeah. So, one well, then as well, if he moves to Chicago, or Chicago, Cincinnati, I theorize he would end up resenting Raymond because he's putting more into a relationship than Raymond can give back. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, he, does. He, may, he may get a little bit of back from Raymond, but it's not going to be what he wants. And at some point, it will. he's selfish enough that it will frustrate him enough to start resenting his own brother. Mm-hmm. But he, he does make plans to visit. At the end of the movie, he says, I'm going to visit you in two weeks. So I'm mm-hmm. like, as long as you can do regularly scheduled visits and mm-hmm. schedule, um, you know, that's going to be better for Raymond. And, yeah. and then that, you know, then if you, and if you want to start his business, like try, he could, you know, franchise or whatever the hell you want to do. He could work on that, but... You can give it to Butters. <laughs> Matikia! Anywho. Yes. So... That is, you know, the movie. That's the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I really liked it. Um, I remember seeing it for years when it aired on all those TV stations. and Yeah. Um, currently, it's holding 90% at Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, it's held up. <laughs> held up slightly, yes. Not like it was referenced by about a million different things over the years because it was a bad movie. And I'm going to just say right now, it's 90% on critics mm-hmm. and audience. And, you know, just for comparison, let's see if I can do this. Uh, you're not letting me She's going to look up Metacritic. No, actually, I'm going to look up the other Tom Cruise movies to compare. Oh, okay. Uh, as soon as my internet lids. Mm-hmm. So, let's see. Let's start with something actually decent. Let's let's start around let's that go. Time. Let's go down. So, let's see. Um, for example, Risky Business is 96%. Right. Legends only forty eight, Top Guns only fifty six. Come on, uh, cocktail! Wow, cocktail Co- is five percent. What the hell? I did not realize cocktail was that low. I didn't either. Like, cause I thought we were going. You know, we'll get to Days it. of Thunder was thirty nine. Far and Away was fifty. Okay, I get that actually, but I kind of liked it a bit. Yeah, A Few Good Men is only eighty one percent. Yeah, no, I can understand that. Even the Vampire is sixty one percent. But it's still fresh. Um, let's see here. Mission Impossible 2 was 57? Oh, no. Or, what? no, was it Mission Impossible 3 where it kind of got back on track? Um, I think it was 3. I'm looking for it. I'm mm. scrolling. How the fuck is World World 74%? Mission Impossible 3 is 70%. Right. No, no. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol is 94%. Right. Was that um, the one with Simon Pegg? Yeah, I think so. We know who to thank. Tropic Thunder, 82%. Yep. Hint, hint, go see. Anyway. She's in Elizabeth Town. That pretty sucked ass. Yeah. Uh, 20%. And um, then we have the mu- most recent movie, The Mummy, at 16% currently. And then Jack Reacher before that, 37%. So his lowest movie, please let it be Cocktail. I'm looking to see if there's It's Cocktail. Li- it's 5%. It's Cocktail. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is so horrible. Yep. 
again, uh, she like she said, she liked the movie. I really liked the movie. Get a chance. If you haven't seen it yet, please go see it. It's, it's part of cinematic history at this point. Yep, it, it definitely is. Um, you can, I'm going to have links on the blog post um, to for the Amazon. There's a DVD and Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Both are under $10. Yep. Um, if you're lucky to live near a used DVD store, you can pick it up there. Uh, we actually watched it through HBO Go. Yep. So if you have HBO right now or the HBO Go... HBO Go subscription. You Mm -hmm. can go check it out there. I don't think it's streaming for free through Amazon Prime, but I could be wrong. That always changes. But there's plenty of ways to check out this movie. Or, you know what? If you just find out you have the opportunity, go for it. Check it out. Did you mind? It's just shy or just... It's just shy of two and a half hours, and that's without commercials. Yeah. So if you watch it on TV with commercials, you're probably looking at a severely cut version that's still going to be a two and a half hour, three hour movie. Yeah, but still, and the oh, one thing we didn't talk about, pacing this movie was really good. So it really didn't feel like it was two and a half hours. Yeah. It's and this is with us pausing a couple times to have to do stuff. Right, you know, take dogs outside, you know, yep. eat dinner, all that stuff. Yep. So definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Um. So yep. So we definitely say go check it out. That's our rating. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'd like to thank all my listeners or all our listeners. Sorry, on TuneIn, iTunes. No, no, no. They're your listeners. I don't have any listeners. I'm sorry. I don't have a show. Damn, skippy. <laughs> but thank you, everyone, for tuning in on TuneIn, iTunes, The Podbean Player, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spreaker, and wherever else fine podcasts are uh, streamed. <laughs> um, I do want to let you all know that if you like the show, even just a little bit, want to consider becoming a Patreon, you can do so uh, by going to our blog post at nonoms.net, and there's all the details for you. Every dollar helps. You and a dollar helps. Give what you can. Um, and while you're there, if you want to check out my other little plug, we do have an Audible trial. We get free 30 days. Mm-hmm. More details on the blog post. I don't think I need to give you those details every time. <laughs> but do check it out. That's www.nonoms. Uh, I got I forgot my blog thing. Anyways, but is it not calm or net? I don't know, sweetie. It, no, noms. I am going to check because... Yes, no nonoms.net. Thank you. N-O-N-O-M-S dot N-E-T. Sorry, it is now 1 a.m. and I had to go to DMV today, so my soul has been sucked dry. We both had to go to the DMV today. Yes. We'll go more into that, though, next week. Uh, thank you all once again for tuning in, and um, until next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>